My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Embers to Excellence. My goal is to explore the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. In addition to leadership, I like to discuss mental health, PTSD, and overcoming adversity. If you have a favorite episode, I would love to hear about it. Message me through social media or my website, and I will share some free tools to help you achieve your goals. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you haven't purchased your copy of my book, Fireproof, please grab a copy today. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Ryan Horn. He is the host of the Extraordinary Man podcast, a, a super awesome podcast that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have actually been a guest on. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate that opportunity. But um, now... Ryan and I get to flip the script, and uh, he gets to be on the other side of the the microphone uh, today. Um, a little bit about Ryan. He went from broke and working 12-hour night shifts at a metal factory while sleeping on his aunt's couch to becoming an award-winning entrepreneur, peak performance coach, an in-demand speaker, and top-rated podcast host. His proprietary five-step business breakthrough framework has helped thousands of men around the world transform their business and life. Um, that that uh, proprietary five-step business breakthrough framework is something that I really want to dig into. Um, but first, let me say, Ryan, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to interview you and uh, really get to learn more about you on this side of the, the microphone here. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate uh, you bringing me on the show, and it was a lot of fun to have you on my show uh, back a couple months ago as well. Yeah, man. Um, so I want to start off with where it all began for you. Like, Where were you born and raised, and, and what were some of your early influences? Yeah, great question. So born and raised in Minnesota, originally uh, from a small little town of 300 people up in uh, northern Minnesota, currently live in the the Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis area here. And uh, we were talking before we started the show, we just got five inches of snow yesterday. <laughs> so we get four seasons here in Minnesota. But yeah, I grew up in a small town. Um, to be honest, my family was a, a huge influence on me. So I have four brothers, two older than me, two younger than me. Um, both sets of my grandparents lived, uh, within probably about 10 miles. So I spent a lot of time, um, on their farms. They both had farms. I learned a lot from my grandparents, learned a lot from my parents, um, from my older brothers. Um, and then also I would say the other huge influence on me growing up was sports. Sports was pretty much my identity, played basketball and football in high school. And, uh, it was, it was tough to transition on from that, but those were some of the, the earliest influences for me. So what did, uh, what did you do after high school? Yeah, so after high school, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to play Division II football. I got offered a scholarship. Um, ended up, long story short on that is I ended up turning it down um, and went to a, a bigger school. I had a bigger academic scholarship there, and my plan was to go walk onto their football team. It didn't quite work out that way. I'm grateful for that now looking back on it, but it was devastating at the time because, like I said, my whole identity was wrapped up in – and being an athlete, and you see this with professional athletes all the time where they retire and they suddenly they don't know who they are anymore. They don't know what to do anymore. And uh, so I kind of went through that. My 
my freshman year of college for sure. So, uh, you know, how, how did you, how did you deal with that? Did you just bury yourself in, in books or did, uh, did you go through that whole depression kind of thing and uh, have to pull your head out of your ass to get yourself motivated to do the schoolwork? Yeah. So I, I didn't deal with it very well. I'll tell you that. So, uh, in high school, I got great grades and, um, in college when that all kind of happened, I didn't really care anymore about school. And so I started skipping classes or I'd show up late and I just didn't really care and got kind of involved in the the whole party lifestyle and all of this stuff. And, uh, it was, it was pretty bad for a while there. Um, but I think some time having some time, uh, just to kind of go through that and, you know, feel those emotions. And um, eventually I, I had some friends that started asking me like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're, you're sleeping until noon. You're not going to class. Like basically all you're doing is going out and partying. Like, come on, get, get yourself together. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a rough patch for a while there, but I, I kind of pulled things together and realized that, okay, sports is not the end of the world. Yes. It was a big deal to me. Uh, but you know, God has other awesome things out there for me as well. So what did, uh, what did you ultimately get your degree in and, and then what'd you do after college? Yeah. So part of, <clears throat> this is actually part of the, the thing that pulled me out, I think is I decided to get a degree in exercise science and I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach at a college. So being still close to athletics, I did an internship working with the the football team, um, their strength and conditioning program, which was awesome. And so I kind of find found a, a new purpose and a renewed purpose. And so that really helped out a lot. And so my whole goal was graduate and then go become a strength and conditioning coach at a college. And uh, that was the plan. And uh, I think it was about my junior year of college. I read this great book. It's called The Education of Millionaires. And this guy went and interviewed a couple dozen millionaires and billionaires that either didn't graduate high school. Um, some of them didn't graduate, uh, or let's see, some of them didn't graduate college. Some of them didn't go to college and some of them didn't graduate high school. And so basically the whole point of the book was self-education is the most important type of education. And it also talked a lot about starting your own business and how and or why, uh, to do that. And so that kind of sparked something inside of me because growing up, I was always pretty entrepreneurial. So I, uh, when I was about 11 years old, I went and sold calendars door to door in my small little hometown and, uh, which, which was not normal. I got some, uh, some strange looks from that. Um, they thought I was raising money for our Sunday school and I was like, no, I'm, I'm just selling these for myself. And, uh, <laughs> um, but I always just kind of thought that way. So that kind of re-sparked that. And so changed my plans. Cause I also realized that uh, I was probably going to need to get a master's degree if I actually wanted to get a job as a strength and conditioning coach. You know, there's very limited jobs. I'm going to have to move wherever I can find one. The hours aren't going to be great. The pay is not going to be great. So I was like, why don't I just start my own business? Because that will take care of all those things. At least that's what I thought, right? I'll have, have control of my schedule, how much I'm making, where I live, all those things. So that was the plan. Graduated from uh, college and uh, moved down to the Twin Cities, which is where I'm at currently. And I uh, started my first business and I very quickly realized that it does not matter how skilled you are at what you do. If you don't know how to market and you don't know how to sell, you're not going to make any money from it. And so I learned that the hard way. About three months in, I made like a total of $200. 
And uh, I was, as you mentioned in, in my bio in the intro there, I was sleeping on my aunt's couch at the time. And the funny thing about that is that she lived in a 60 plus condo community. So I was actually not allowed to live there technically. And so I'm literally like sneaking in and out in the mornings and the evenings and like trying not to get caught by these old ladies. And it was uh, it was quite an interesting time. And uh, I had all these student loans that were about to come due. So I needed to do something to make some money. And I ended up going to an employment agency. They placed me at this metal factory working 12 hour night shifts, 9 p.m., to 9 a.m. for $9 an hour. And that was a pretty humbling experience. It was, uh, you know, going from, man, I'm going to go start this business and crush it and, you know, have all this time freedom, money freedom to work in these 12 hour night shifts at the, at the metal factory. And, uh, I remember one night I was sitting there in the metal factory in the break room and it was, uh, like two o'clock in the morning, something like that. <clears throat> and I looked up and uh, I looked up at the clock and I realized that, it was my 23rd birthday. And that just hit me hard. I was like, man, what the heck am I doing here? Like, this is, this can't be the plan, right? There's got to be more for me than this. And I don't know if you've ever felt like you're living below your potential or like you're letting everybody around you down, but that's exactly how I felt in that moment. And it didn't feel very good. So to be honest with you, I just kind of sat there and, and felt sorry for myself for probably about 10, 15 minutes. And then I kind of snapped out of it and I was like, you know what? I can sit here and, and just feel sorry for myself and, and not take any action. And who knows, maybe I'm going to be sitting here again next year on my birthday, or I can make a powerful decision and go take some action. And so that's what I did. I basically decided right then and there that, you know what, I'm going to go out and learn the skills that I know I need to make my business successful. I'm going to go find the mentors, whatever it takes, um, and basically make my business successful or die trying. And so I finished out that shift at the metal factory quit and uh, went. And long story short, I did that. I went and found some people uh, that could teach me how to actually run a business. How do you market? How do you sell? All of those type of skills. And about three, four months later, I was making enough money to where I could move out of my aunt's place, but I was pretty much just barely paying the bills. Uh, so it was it was nothing really to write home about, uh, but it was nice not to, not to be... Um, you know, sneaking in and out every day, the 60 plus condo community. And so <clears throat> it was really frustrating though, because I stayed pretty much in that same place for about the next year and a half. And I felt like I was working harder and harder, but I wasn't really making any more money. Maybe I'd have one month that was a little bit better than one month that was a little bit worse, but overall it was pretty much about the same. And it was really, really frustrating because I was reading books and I was doing courses and all of these things. And I was like, why is this not making a difference? And it wasn't until I hired my first coach that I realized the reason why I was staying stuck. And the reason was because I had all these limiting beliefs that I didn't even know that I had. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great to read books. It's great to buy courses and things like that. But there's a big difference between that and having somebody actually coach you, having somebody be able to call you out on your, your limiting beliefs uh, instead of you know, that's, that's one of the downsides of having a, a friend try to be your accountability partner or something, because they're your friend. They're, they're usually not going to want to call you out on some of those things. Um, but my coach had no problem doing that, which I appreciate. Um, and so hired my first coach, despite the fact that I felt like I, you know, quote unquote, couldn't afford it. Um, I did a free coaching call. And by the end of it, I was like, man, I know I need to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know I need to do it. So I got resourceful. I made it happen. And one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And my business doubled the next year, but 
beyond that, my whole life just got way better. And it was, that was kind of one of the things that was amazing to me because I knew it was going to help my business, or at least I hoped it would, but to see it have such an impact on every other area was really, really cool. So long story short, again, you know, at this time, my, my fitness business is doing well, uh, cause I started a personal training business and <clears throat> that was doing well. Uh, but I was really interested in coaching because I'd never really experienced anything quite like that before. I didn't really know that whole world even existed. So, uh, so I hired my first coach at the end of 2014, 2015, first full year that I had a coach. I also, uh, I called my year of growth because I went to like seven or eight conferences, business conferences, personal development conferences all around the country. And, uh, it was amazing. And I met a lot of great people as well. And I started coaching some of them just for free on the side. My coach was teaching me how to coach people. And I was interested in it, kind of see if I liked it and, and all of that. And so, uh, I did that for kind of a couple of years where my business was doing great, but on the side, I was just coaching some people. And, uh, it wasn't until 2018 that I decided to start my curb business. I felt like I was being pulled into coaching and, and out of the fitness business, even though I loved it and it was great, it was successful. And so 2018 is when I started my current business, extraordinary man. And uh, my mission really is to help men grow their business and become the man they were created to be in every area of their life. And so long story short, that's a little bit more about my backstory. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the, the five steps that you use to help men break through, uh, either their limiting beliefs or whatever it is that's uh, keeping them stuck, uh, where they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I didn't know it at the time, but basically what I used on myself back then when I was struggling and you know, trying to start my business were these same five steps. I call it the five-step business breakthrough framework, but really it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if you own a business, or you don't own a business, really whatever your goal is, if you want to break through, you can use these five steps. And so basically after, you know, I've been an entrepreneur now for 10 years, 10 plus years, and I have invested a lot of time and a lot of money into learning from the best of the best, whether it be joining high-level masterminds or coaching, like I mentioned, going to conferences. And so I started to realize that there are patterns that lead to success. There are patterns that lead to failure. And so a couple of years ago, I put together this framework and I'll just go through the five steps real quick. And then I'll go into a little bit more detail. So, uh, and they all start with C to make it nice and simple. So Step one is clarity. Step two is commitment. Step three is coaching. Step four is courageous action. And step number five is course correction. So with clarity, the way I look at it is, I mean, first of all, you got to know where you're at right now. And you also got to know where you want to go. If you don't know those two things, then you're never going to get there. And so I like to look at vision and goals, which for a long time was pretty confusing to me. I was like, what's the difference? And so the way I like to define it, to me, vision is three plus years out into the future. It should be big. It should be bold. It should be exciting. Uh, when you think about it, it should get you excited. This is the thing that should get you to jump out of bed in the morning. And so having a big, exciting vision is really, really important. I believe, I think it's something a lot of people are, are missing. They just kind of have a vague idea of what they want. They're like, oh yeah, if I made a million dollars, that'd be great. Or, you know, I want to buy a Lamborghini or, or whatever. But there's not really any substance behind it. So I think really digging into that, and that's one of the things I do with my coaching clients. One of the first things is let's dig into that and get a big, bold, exciting vision for you that's going to pull you forward so you don't feel like you're constantly having to push yourself and motivate yourself. 
And so <clears throat> the other thing I would say with vision is that if you can tell me exactly right now how you're going to make it happen, it's probably not big enough. And goals, on the other hand, to me is 12 months or less. It should be much more strategic, should be much more realistic. Um, I like to use the acronym SMART, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Aligned with Your Values, Realistic, and Time-Based. Uh, I would say conservatively, like if you just made sure that all of your goals were smart, you ran it through uh, those five things or however many things it is, uh, you would be ahead of probably 95 plus percent of people out there. Because most people just have, they have very vague goals if they have any at all. They just kind of have these things that they kind of want, but it's like a moving goalpost and it's not even written down. It's definitely not to that level of specificity. Um, so that to me is really, 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 really important. Knowing the difference between vision and goals and then um, <clears throat> making sure that you have that big, bold, exciting vision and making sure that you're really strategic and really specific uh, with your goals as well. And so step number two, commitment. It's great to have clarity and know what you want, but if you're not committed to it, when the inevitable obstacles come up, and if you're a business owner, I guarantee there's going to be more obstacles than you think that are going to come up, um, you're going to end up quitting. And that's why most business owners don't make it very far. Uh, they end up quitting because they are not 100% committed to making it happen. And uh, they, they don't use all of their resourcefulness. Because uh, to me, it's all about resourcefulness, not about resources. So commitment, I like to look at three things. There's obviously a lot of different things you can do to be committed. But for me, I look at three big things. They are leverage, accountability, and focus. So leverage, something I learned a long time ago from Tony Robbins was that if you boil it down, there's only two reasons anybody does anything. It's either number one, to avoid pain, or number two, to gain pleasure. And so I take people through a process um, where we really dig into the potential pain of, hey, if you don't make these goals happen, if you don't go take, take action on this, here's what your life could look like a year from now, five years from now, and all the potential pain, which is extremely motivating to people because, again, people don't want pain, right? And out of the two, people will do far more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. Um, and we also look at the other side of, hey, if you go out there and crush it, you take massive action, you make this happen, how, how will your life be different? You know, and looking at that, that's much more fun to do, but they're both motivating. They're both really important. Um, and that to me is leverage. You get enough leverage on yourself, you can get yourself to do anything. And number two is accountability. I think most people know this, right? But it's not about what we know. It's about what we actually do. So I would encourage you if you're saying, oh yeah, Ryan, accountability, of course, I would encourage you to ask yourself, like, do I actually have a high level of accountability or do I just know that I should have it? Um, and so there's lots of different ways you can go about that, right? Some people have, you know, mentors, you can have an accountability partner, um, you can hire a coach, you can be part of a high level mastermind. Um, I've done all of those at some point in time before, um, and they're all great. The problem where people get in trouble is if they're trying to be accountable to themselves, because we are way too easy on ourselves. We're like, oh yeah, I'm tired today. I'll do it tomorrow. Um, we just give ourselves a pass. Um, and also I would say trying to have a, a friend or a spouse, I mean, it's better than yourself to be accountable to, but uh, you're definitely not going to maximize your potential. So pro professional accountability is definitely always the best way to go, in my opinion. And then the last one, focus, basically what you focus on on a daily basis, it's either going to make you more committed or less committed to your goals and your vision. And so again, there's lots of different things, obviously, that you could focus on on a daily basis that would help you be more committed. To me, I look at three big 
Uh, main ones, it's having a vision board. Mine is literally right behind my computer. I can see it right now. I see it every single day sitting at my desk. Um, and then also a declaration letter. So I've taken my life, broke it down into about seven or eight different categories. I wrote a short paragraph or so um, of exactly what I want in that area of my life, basically the ultimate vision for each area of my life. And I wrote it out as if it's already happened, right? Like the declaration of independence, you're, you're writing that for yourself. And then I went and recorded a version of me reading it out with lots of energy and lots of passion. So in the morning, that's typically when I listen to it, like when I'm getting ready at the gym to go work out. Um, and a lot of times I'm not a morning person. So I like, I love being in the habit of getting up in the morning, but I'm not a morning person. So I'm not feeling really motivated and like, oh, let's go crush it. Like, but I can turn that on and listen to it and hear my voice when I was at a time like that. And boom, it instantly gets me going. So that's really powerful as well. And then the third one is something that I created uh, that I call my power questions. I've done all different types of morning routines and morning journals and this and that. And there's lots of great stuff out there. So basically, I took the best of the best and put it together in six questions that I ask and answer each morning. Um, and the great thing is that for me, it only takes about five minutes, usually a little bit less than that. So something that there's no excuse for me to say, oh, well, I didn't have time to do it, right? Because we all have five minutes. And so those are the three things that I um, that I, I really uh, key in on for focus. And those are leverage, accountability, and focus are the three things that I focus on to be more committed. And so step number three is coaching. To me, I break it down into active coaching versus passive coaching. Passive coaching to me is like you read a book uh, or you listen to a podcast like this or you you buy a course or something like that. It's great. You're technically getting some coaching from that, right? But it's passive. You can't talk to the book and have it talk back to you, right? And so <clears throat> that's great. But if that's all you're doing, then I would say you're missing out big time. Active coaching is what most people would think of, either having a one-on-one -on -one coach or some type of group coaching or being in some type of high-level mastermind or something like that is really, really important. And to me, a great coach is going to shortcut your success because they can help to identify your limiting beliefs. Like I talked about before, that's what my coach did for me um, and challenge you to perform at your best and then hold you accountable to, to the standard you said that you, you wanted to live up to in whatever area that is, whether it's business or anything else. And there's a great quote by uh, Tom Landry, the legendary coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he said, a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear who has you see what you don't want to see so you can be who you've always known you could be. And to me, that is coaching in a nutshell. So one thing that I have noticed too, is that the bigger your goals, the bigger your vision, the higher level of coaching you're going to need to get there. So if you tell me, Hey, I want to go start this business and uh, hit six, seven figures in the first year. And then I ask you, okay, great. What's your, you know, what type of coaching are you going to get? How are you going to make that happen? And you say, Oh, well, I'm going to go read these three books. Be like, okay, that's a great start, but it's not going to happen. You're going to definitely need a higher level of coaching, right? And so <clears throat> essentially to me, coaching helps you maximize your potential because you're never going to maximize your potential on your own. And step number four is courageous action. So this is where the rubber meets the road, right? It's great to be clear and committed and you have a coach and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, nothing is going to change if you don't take action. And the reason I call it courageous action other than the fact that it starts with C, uh, is that uh, if you have big goals and a big vision, I guarantee you, you are going to be required to take courageous action at some point, not just regular action. 
And this is usually the stuff that we end up pushing back and procrastinating on because we don't want to do it, right? Because courage doesn't mean you're not scared. It means you're scared and you do it anyway. And so this is a place where I see most people get hung up. And a lot of people that I start working with are in this place because they're like, man, you know, I was, I was trying to take action on this. It wasn't working. And then now I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm stuck. I don't know what to do next. And so a lot of times what I see with people that are in that place, and maybe if you're listening to this and you feel like you're stuck, maybe you even know what action you should be taking. You just can't get yourself to take it consistently, or you can't get yourself to take it at all. Usually I would say what's missing is you got to go back to steps one through three. Either you're not clear enough on what it is that you want, you're not committed enough to making it happen, or you don't have a high enough level of coaching to make it happen. And so if you get those three things in line, not saying it's it's going to be easy, but it's going to be a whole lot easier to go take that courageous action. And then step number five, course correction. The last step, which to be honest, can be the hardest step for a lot of people. And the reason being is because if they've done all other four things correctly, they take some action and it doesn't work out. Then they're like, what's going on? Like, you know, Ryan used this, it worked for him. You know, this person used it, it worked for them, et cetera, et cetera. So they start asking themselves some bad questions like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, it must be something wrong with me because Ryan used this framework, worked for him. This person used it, worked for him. I tried it, didn't work for me. So it must be something wrong with me. But really what it comes down to is, is expectations. You have to realize that uh, the first time you try anything, it's not going to work out the way you want it. I can virtually guarantee it. Right. Think about the first time you try to try to tie your shoes or I like to use the analogy of a baby learning how to walk. Right. Because what happens? They don't just stand up and start walking around. They stand up. They fall down. They stand up. They fall down over and over and over again. Right. Imagine if as a parent, you're like, I can't believe it. I saw my baby. They tried to stand up and walk 10 times. They fell down all 10 times. This is ridiculous. It's embarrassing. You know what? I'm just going to have them stop trying. Right. No, of course not. What do you say? You say, my baby is going to keep trying until they learn how to walk. And so if we just had that same attitude with ourselves, with whatever our goal is, whether it's to grow your business or something else, then it's not a matter of if you're going to make it happen. It's just a matter of when. So that is my five-step business breakthrough framework. And you go back to the six questions that you ask yourself in the morning. What are those six questions? Yeah, sure. So the six questions, question number one is, what am I grateful for? And so typically this is within the past 24 hours because I do it every day. If I miss a day, then sometimes it'll be from the last couple of days. Um, And I'll write down at least three things. And I like to have kind of a mixture of, I like to make sure that I'm not just writing the same thing every day, first of all. Uh, Second of all, I like to have a mixture of big things and sometimes really little things. Because I think when you can be grateful for the little things, then everything else just becomes a bonus. Um, and, and the other thing I would add too with uh, with all of the questions is I, I try to I try my best not to just go, oh, well, I'm I'm grateful that it's you know 75 degrees outside today and it's beautiful weather. I try to actually feel it versus just thinking, oh yeah, I'm I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for whatever and writing it down because that doesn't have very much power to it. Um, But that's question number one. What am I grateful for? Question number two is who do I appreciate? So three specific people, sometimes more, but three specific people. Again, there's people that show up on there a lot, like my wife, obviously. 
Um, but also it could be on you know, the stranger that helped the door for me at the coffee shop or something. Um, <clears throat> question number three is what have I achieved recently? And this is a question for men, especially, I would say that they honestly usually have a pretty hard time answering because a lot of times us guys, unless it's something that we accomplish that's big, it's like, we're like, I, I didn't achieve anything. Right. I hear this all the time from my my coaching clients when they're starting out and, and trying this for the first time. Uh, they really struggle with it usually. And so what I would say, if that's you, you're like, oh, well, I, you know, you don't want to write anything down unless it's this huge accomplishment. You just got to simplify it because all success is built off of success. So and that's the power of, of this question really is, I mean, you get to and it's the power of all the questions really is that you get to look back and, you know, be grateful for people, be grateful for things and realize, you know, cause lots of times we're negative. We're naturally negative, right? You have a garden, you don't have to plant weeds. They grow automatically. It's the same with our mind. Our mind automatically goes to what we didn't get done, you know, what's wrong, etc. Right? So these questions are all designed to rewire your thinking. And so uh, the third one is what have I achieved recently? And I'll write down at least three things Usually I'll just write down whatever I can think of. So again, sometimes it's big things, sometimes it's little things, um, but it's really powerful. Question number four. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Question number four is uh, what special moments have I experienced recently? And so I'm really trying to hone in to the moment. And the great thing about that is when you can get really specific, it's like you get to relive that moment. Like, for example, uh, you know, achievement maybe is that I went on a walk with my wife, but the special moment maybe was that you know, my wife said something so funny that we were both like laughing so hard we couldn't breathe. Right. So I'm really zooming in on that. And I'll write at least three things. But again, usually that list is longer than that. Uh, question number five is a little bit more specific to if you're married, but you can modify it if you're not married. And uh, so the question I ask myself is, how can I make Brittany, which is my wife's name, feel loved today? Because I want to make sure that I am doing something every single day um, to sew into my marriage. And so I'll write down just one thing there, sometimes more, but usually it's just one. And it doesn't have to be this big, crazy, you know, thing where like I make her dinner and like buy her a bouquet of flowers and, and whatever. Like it's usually something really small, uh, but I'm just being consistent with it. And so if you're not married, you know, you could put in uh, a friend's name or a family member's name or, or something like that. And it could be just, you know, how can I make them feel appreciated or special today or something like that. Um, but it is really cool when you put your focus on somebody outside of yourself, uh, it has a big impact on you. And then the last question is, what are my top three outcomes for the day? So we all have these huge lists of, you know, 50 things on our to-do list, and we usually get stressed and frustrated because we never finish it, right? It's like we might have got 20 things done during the day, but we're thinking about the things that we didn't get done. So to me, I'm saying, okay, what are the three most important things that are going to move the needle forward the most so that if I only got those three things done today, it would still feel like a win. Not that I don't want to get more done, but it would still feel like a win. So those are the six power questions. Over, say, the last couple of months, can you tell me a couple of things that you're you're most grateful for? It's a great question. Um, let's see. Over the past couple of months, um, yeah, sure. So, I mean, one thing that I would say 
that was uh, that was on my gratitudes a lot the last couple of months uh, was the weather because we had a really beautiful fall here in Minnesota and uh, not as much right now because like I said before we just got five inches of snow um, but there are things to be grateful about the snow too like it's it's all white outside it's really pretty outside so I could be grateful for that um, but you know some of the biggest things for me I would say are you know, similar to everyone, right? It, it comes down to relationships and to family. So um, thinking about, uh, I have my two younger brothers, or actually one of my older brothers as well. So three of my brothers live about 10 minutes away from me. And for a long time, they didn't. I live four or five hours away from them. So I've been really grateful for that because we've been doing some some special things and, and hanging out and, and spending time together. And as you get older and become adults, I think everybody can relate to the fact that, you know, that doesn't happen as often usually. Um, so that's been something that I've been really grateful for lately. So what's on the horizon for you? What's uh, what's up next for you? I mean, you won awards. You, your podcast is doing amazing. What uh, What's on the horizon for you? You got anything new coming up? That's a great question. So, yeah, I, I do have some things coming up. So. Uh, I have the podcast, which is great. I love that. Going to continue that. Um, I love doing the one-on-one coaching that I'm doing with with businessmen. That's awesome. So some of the things on the horizon for me are uh, doing a lot more speaking. So up until probably about two years ago, speaking was something that I hated. I didn't want to do it. I remember taking a speech class in in college, and it was it was awful. I absolutely hated it. We only had like probably 10 people in my class, but just having to stand up in front of the class and do the the talks was, was awful to me. And so I never saw myself being a speaker whatsoever. Uh, but I really feel like some, some doors have started opening up there. And I feel like I've been called more and more into that area. And it's something I've become much more comfortable with. Um, I wouldn't be on this podcast interview with you now if I wasn't, but uh, really doing a lot more speaking and a lot more speaking in person and and at events um, is something that I've been focused on a lot more lately, something definitely that's going to be a lot bigger focus in 2023 for me. Also, um, uh, what I see in 2023 is starting a high-level mastermind. Uh, so I, like I've mentioned, I do lots of one-on-one coaching and it's great and I love that. Uh, but having a mastermind put together a group of businessmen that all have the same mindset. They're all going after the same things. And my coaching clients are are connected to a degree. Like we jump on a zoom call every Wednesday, uh, but there's something special. I think about getting, t- getting together in person. And uh, I'm just thinking of you know different masterminds I've been a part of in the past. And when you gather together um, and go through training together and, you know, whatever it looks like, I mean, I, I've been in masterminds where we, you know, go to this huge mansion and everybody stays there. And it's, it's awesome. Cause you know, when you're with somebody 24 seven for a couple of days, you really build relationships fast. And I, I think that's so important and such an important thing to uh, really be able to elevate yourself to the next level, whether it's in your business or any other area of your life is having those relationships and deep relationships, especially with people that are on the same path as you. Um, and that have high standards for their lives. So those are the two big things I would say. More speaking for me and starting a mastermind. Awesome, man. Well, for those listening that would like to connect with you or dig into your podcast, what's the best way for people to connect with you? I mean, you got a website set up and all that? 
Yeah, yeah. Best place to go is my website. It's coachryanhorn.com. So there are links to pretty much everything I do there. A link to my podcast. If you want to bring me on your podcast or have me speak for uh, your group, I have a speaker page there as well with all of the all of the info. Um, and also, uh, I would love to do something special for your audience. So if you are a businessman and you're listening, um, I would love to give a free business breakthrough coaching call to the first five people. So just go to my website. There's a link there where you can sign up for a call. You mentioned this podcast. Uh, if you're one of the first five people, I would love to give you a free coaching call. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me. Man, there's so many good nuggets in there. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't think there was any uh, dead space, man. Like you, you brought it, brother. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This was fun. Yeah, cool, man. All right. Well, best of luck to you. And for uh, 2023, I mean, I, I just know you're going to make it happen. So, uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you and seeing how everything, uh, uh, pans out for you. Cause I mean, like already you're, you're, you got shit rocking. So 2023, I can tell it's going to be good, not just for you, but for the people that you interact with. So awesome. Man. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review.